Damien. Hey. Hello, hey. hello. Hey, brother. How are you? Oh, good morning. Good morning. Yes. So we're going to try our first anchor podcast here on uh, Aliens, Angels, and Pirates. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, this is Damien Questioning. He is uh, an author of three books, The Inventor of Elemental Hypertech and The World's First Time Travel Game, as well as an adventure, explorer, treasure hunter, and all-around uh, swell guy. And uh, my name is Jay Style. I am a, a pirate, and uh, amongst other things. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let's start the conversation, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So uh, last time we tried this, we tried to do uh, some topics on the uh, supermoon, and uh, just wanted to see uh, what your thoughts were on that, Damien, and why that's uh, so important today. <laughs> it's transition. So what we've uh, done with the elemental hypertech system is we built a cadence and flavor, if you will, through these uh, moon cycles. And so how we built it is we built it with concepts like the fighters, which is an active property. We have the navigators, which is more of a passive property. Um, We also have the gardeners, which is the mysterious aspects to things. And um, so by organizing these uh, processes, we're able to determine what flavor we're going to be moving into. So, so for example, the previous cycle, we were in the navigators, which is the element of water, which is um, where commerce and communication takes place. Now that after this, after this um, eclipse, what we have now is we have the gardeners and the gardeners is a very different flavor than say a navigator. A gardener is more laid back, kind of relaxed, has their fingers in the ground, tending to things, trying to allow things to grow. So this is the, this is the type of um, systems that we're going to be working with moving forward until this cycle is over as well. And I think, uh, I think it's in June, uh, mid June or something. We can look that up. There's, you know, these, these processes happen uh, regularly. So what we we try to do is we try to capture time within these cycles. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think uh, what it could be clarified is, is a matter of uh, how the uh, events cycle uh, within time relate to uh, these these different cycles. So, for instance, you mentioned uh, the navigators as as more water. So, assuming that's that's commerce and also things doing with uh, with ships. So, I know we had the Suez Canal incident during that time, mm. um, and we also had uh, a lot of things doing with uh, uh, Wall Street, uh, um, China, and their export issues. We've had a number of different events during that cycle that relate to to commerce. Are you saying that that this basically runs off of these cycles? These events are either orchestrated or do they happen naturally? They're both. Actually, it's a natural cycle that 
people who understand these concepts capture and utilize their, their systems for management and control. So you have, um, there's, there's consider them like the powers that be. These guys are not, not the millionaires, but like the billionaires. They have their own religion. They have their own process and they communicate with each other through, uh, through time, through space, because this gives them ownership and, and it allows them the ability to, sh to, one, to, to show up their, their peers, if you will. So they harness these energies and they capture them and they utilize them as a management system. So, but, but, but in nature itself, it's like think of them like the seasons there are seasons in nature mm -hmm. and even in time when you talk about events those they, they utilize these seasons of, of time to capture them to utilize their energy because most people they don't have any aim or direction so th and they feel that they do so that what they what they try to do is capture that energy now mm -hmm. When they do this, it's not just event-driven time. It's also linear time, and it's also the cycles of time. So there's a trinity in which they, how they triangulate. Still there, Demon? So that, hopefully that uh, gives you a little more clearer direction. So they're both um, natural phenomenon because there's seasons involved and it's also a, a management control system because everything's done by agreement. Mm -hmm. Now this next cycle coming up is the gardeners. I know um, what I was doing that day, I was actually working on my garden uh, ah. during the cycle of the gardeners. It wasn't, uh, wasn't pre-planned, but that just happened to be what I was working on that day. Uh, me and my family got together and we, we built our garden Um so I'm assuming if you pay attention to the cycles and you pay attention to, to the events that, um, that occur during that time, you can actually put with, uh, with what the plans are, with what the seasons are, so to speak. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what we try to do. Why fight it? Why not be a part of that and, and create something that, that you envision, that you would like to see, take control over your own destiny, if you will. Right. And not allowed, allowed others to, uh, to basically take control of that yourself and just, just kind of move with the flow. Um, what is it during this, this new cycle, the cycle of gardeners, um, can others do in order to put themselves into a good position during this, this time? So the gardener's goal is the, is the capturing of mysteries. Mm. Like the hunter's goal would be to capture the unicorn. And the navigator's goal is to capture the dragon. And the fighter's goal is to capture the phoenix. So these, I know these concepts are, are whimsical, but there's a rhyme and a reason for this because these are unique characteristics, unique characters as well. And um, so with the mysteries, what we can expect to see is a lot of secrets being revealed because the mysteries actually relate to physical form and body and the mm -hmm. element of earth itself. So what we should expect during this time frame is a lot of things relating to the entire earth, if you will. So um, if you're in uh, the elite systems of, uh, of statism, things like that, then we call it globalism, right? Right. So if you're if you're into um, 
the angels aspect because instead of the aliens, right? Now you're into the right. angels aspect. Then uh, what you're talking about is religion. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, you can see how these revelations should take place during this time because this is, there's been a, uh, the planting of these seeds have been placed in and now it's the gardener's responsibility to water them so they can grow into plants, into, you know, into life itself. So we are going to be, during this time, we should see us turning a corner that we cannot come back from because we are actually going to start. You still there? Yeah, you cut out on that okay. last part. So it must have been really I, I important. <laughs> yeah, so I, I heard it. For you folks at home, just so you know, every time we talk about something important, uh, something interferes and, and <laughs> cuts us off. Um, so it's the cycles you mentioned mysteries. I know that there's a lot of talk, uh, at least, uh, you know, in regards to uh, the United States Navy about them releasing information on UFOs. Yeah. This is kind of the uh, the aliens aspect of our of our podcast here. I just wanted to see if you could touch on the significance of that. I know Space Force is involved in that one. Um, and I guess Perfect. we'll we'll be we'll be <laughs> revealing more information about that in in the near future. This is where they want to take us. This is the next uh, human adventure. This is mm-hmm. how we bring velocity back into currency, how we organize our society, because there has to be uh, a motivating factor, and aliens are going to be that motivating factor. Mm-hmm. So they have to release this information now during the gardeners, because that's that would fit that that flavor, that season. Right. That's when they, they, they can u- utilize the most power. So... Uh, they've released it right on time, and you know, so they know what they're doing. But this is this is to direct us. This is to aim us into a specific direction. So more and more information is going to come out. It's going to upturn a lot of what we understand as our history, because uh, you know, as as you're as you're aware, our you know, a lot of information re- recently has been released about you know where we came from. But yes. what hasn't been released is what happened to everybody. Right. So we get to we get to find these things out as we move forward because what they're doing is they're preparing us when they open up more land and that more land has inhabitants and those inhabitants we're going to have to interact with. Mm. And so this is going to be our, our future. And once we go, once we turn that corner, like we're doing right now, we're in the process of turning that corner. Once we turn that corner, there is no looking back. There's it, it, we You can't put it back in the bottle, so to speak. So... Every, everything's in, in preparation right now. You've let it out of Pandora's box, so to speak. In a way, but it's not, but it's Pandora in the sense of Avatar. Because, sure. Oh. Avatar. Yeah, because it's going to, because human beings are going to be very valuable. Um, that's, that's one of the things that they're going to, our young generation is going to teach us. And in that process, we'll create systems and organizations that allow us to have like the Avatar program where we're sending our creations out there, if you will. And there'll be the, there'll be the ones interacting with these things and we can sit at home and be in our iPads or whatever, you know, how just kind of conceptually think about how that's going to work out. And then of course you, you know, with, with what we've seen financially happen with the crypto markets and things, you can see how easily it would be to move that wealth from one land to another in Mm -hmm. real time, like how we can communicate over our phone 
in real time, you know, thousands of miles away, we'll right. be able to do that also with our money now because we wouldn't be able to ship gold and silver, right? We wouldn't be able to do those kind of things. With the crypto markets, now we can send great uh, vast quantities of wealth to these places to pay for these new systems. Saying in regards to Elon Musk saying that uh, we're going we're gonna to put Bitcoin on Mars. This is how you do it. I mean, think about it. You can, you can purchase something in China with Bitcoin right now instantaneously with very low cost. Well, that, I guess not necessarily with Bitcoin because it's expensive to move things. But the point is, is that it'll get cheaper and cheaper as we move along. Just mm-hmm. kind of how like the phone, the phone company used to be. It used to pay five cents a minute or whatever, right? right, now, it's, right. now you pay a monthly fee and you can call anybody you want. Mm. It'll, be, it'll be like that. So it's technology advanced. They figure out uh, new and different ways of more people are incorporating, the, you know, the block te- blockchain technology. Um, price will go down because demand is is high, the supply is is bigger. There's more there's more options available. Everybody's competing within that market. Um, and, and they want to. And they want to. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, and they want to add the environmental aspect to it. That's why they're promoting that, right? Yes. You have you have them talking about, oh, it, well, Bitcoin utilizes, uh, you know, too much energy. It's like, well, there's a lot of systems that use too much energy. Yes, you know, like mining. a nuclear program. <laughs> mining. Yeah, like, there you go. Like that, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it's like, just, what are we doing there's about, so many. You think about uh, jet engines and, you know, airplane fuel and, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't get that argument, but you know, I, I know that they have an agenda uh, about them in order to promote one over another, or to, or it could even be a ploy just to, to drop the market so they can buy more. I, you know, <laughs> well, think of it more scheme. like <laughs> think of it more like they want to build the infrastructure now for it because right. this is where they want to take us. So mm-hmm. they're trying to get us focused on that part of it, so that way we can come up with the solutions mm-hmm. to make sure that the majority of our mining operations happen on sustainable energy. So, mm-hmm. and and then the financing will come from um, the, you know the, the power brokers, if you will. The banking system, if they, you know, the ones that do survive this, the those that financing will go into green energy, so to speak, and the sustainable development agenda, these type of things. So if you're not if you're not having a sustainable development um, service, or it's not it's not built on that, then your financing mm-hmm. won't be nearly as great. And so this is just just a way of controlling the credit to build the systems in order to make that possible. Right. right. And I mean, you've touched on a lot of different points here that that I think would would kind of perk some ears uh, for people listening here and um, probably offer some, some these points. Uh, I hate to backtrack on you since we're in the crypto space, but you mentioned avatars and, and I kind of want to go over that, that instance, because I'm, I'm envisioning these gigantic blue things that are, you know, basically suits, living suits of other people and they're treading on these lands that, and the reason why they're using these is because the, the land is inhospitable. Now, is that something akin to what you're speaking of in regards to our current quote unquote space program? The lands aren't inhospitable. The lands are just like our lands. They have different okay. environments. They have, you know, the ice, they have the trees, they have the swamps, they have, they have all the same things we do. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the lands are not inhospitable. The issue that they are having is that it will be declared that it's dangerous. 
And that that danger has been built into our society through movies and things like that mm. because mm-hmm. the aliens are bad aliens, right? They're not right. good aliens, so to speak. Close encounters of the third kind, you know. There that, you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So it's it's more like it's more like that when in when in, in reality it could, you know, we could possibly be seeing the exact opposite that these are actually um, people just like us, so to speak. There's good ones and there's bad ones. Right. Right. You know. So. And, and that's a that's a, a tougher pill for most people to swallow because in order to get humanity behind a certain cause, like like this, it would you know you need to fear is a is a great motivator if you will. So, you know, I'll, there's going to be very patriotic people, so to speak, that says you know that humanity, which is us in this part of the world, you know, we need to band together because there's no way to defeat this particular opponent, this rival. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless we are organized because they are organized, unless we have really high technology that we've back engineered through the UFO program, right? That's what they're going to be teaching us. Mm-hmm. We back engineered their systems and we're very good at that as human beings. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we need to be in a, a very unique position, one that we've never been in before, if we mm-hmm. want to go in there into their lands and start taking their resources and doing things that we want, like dominate them. So in other so, words, we're the, we're the invaders, but they're gonna they're gonna spin this to make it look like they're trying to invade us. It's deeper than that. They've been here, but they do it in stealth. They, right, they, right. They do diplomacy. They use they use different means, and mm-hmm. so we have what's called a management class, and that management class is responsible for maintaining the status quo. And mm-hmm. if the status quo gets unruly, then we get draconian measures, pun intended, mm-hmm. that will. <laughs> That, that that come down on us hard because we start moving outside of our little farm. Gotcha. And as people have become more interested in these new lands as they will they will discover the the more I suppose uh, the more eager people will be in order to discover them because by nature as humans we are explorers and discoverers and and we want to go out and explore new lands. You know, we want to be like Magellan and dare I say that's a bastard Columbus and the Vikings. (laughs) Um, It's who we we are. You, you were speaking, you were touching on a topic that I think if people, um, certain people haven't listened to or followed this, this type of, uh, um, this type of narrative before that, that would just absolutely blow their mind. And I think, you know, most, the good majority of people, I'm sure you will agree, um, subscribe to the heliocentric model and are a big spinning ball. The only way that we can ever get off, off of it is get 100,000 light years away. And, and we're, we're exploring planets that have no life, that have no resources, and we're just finding the little speck of, you know, of a parasite that, that once lived or bacterium or what have you. You know, in, inside of a gigantic trench on the fiery ball, <laughs> mm. and and what you're speaking of is you're saying that they're outside of our our little playpen that we call Earth. There is actually more lands that you have access to. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Just like how in 1492, to use your analogy. Mm-hmm. That we were a seafaring culture at the time where majority of our food and resources came by sea. 
and the empire was who who controlled the seas at that time and yet even as a seafaring nation all of a sudden they tell us oh there's more land it's called america and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to go there and there's indians by the way Mm. you know so we're gonna have to go to these new lands and they're and everybody's like what do you mean there's more land (laughs) and you know the time that that it was like how's that possible that's what they're gonna do to us again however you know just like before this time they spent 50 plus years, you know, look at Admiral Byrd if you want to learn a little bit right, more about right. that. 1930s high jump operation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. So you can look at that and you can say, um, you know, for the past 50 years, they've been in those lands trying to get rid of the artifacts and the architecture and the buildings mm. and, you know, any of the technologies and as much as they can to remove all that. So that way it looks more pristine and untouched. But the problem they're, they're going to be facing is that it's everywhere. Just, you can't hide it all. So what the best thing for them to do is just to let it let, let it open up and let right. people just explore it and then back engineer what we find and mm-hmm. put our resources behind that because that's truly how we're going to have build a renaissance instead of war because war comes from secrecy. Renaissance right. comes from, as an open source system where we all learn from each other. Well, you see, the problem with that is that you know, the, the Renaissance system doesn't pay them. They can't control both sides of that system. So therefore it'd be more ad- uh, power wise and monetarily uh, for them to engage in war in these new lands uh, rather than Renaissance because Renaissance benefits the people and, you know, they're, they're not all about that. Um, it can benefit them. It can benefit them and I can teach them how that can happen. Mm. And basically what you do is you control the flow of the information as well as the flow of resources. So you have companies that, um, that go in there and they, and they control the food distribution system. You have the internet controlled by a handful of companies and right. you use the corporate model to control the narrative. But through that corporate model, on the other end of it, what we need to do as a species, as a, as a, as a humanity, is vote with our uh, with our own money so we won't finance those companies if they're not giving us true intel and information and we'll have we'll, we can create systems to validate those things just like bitcoin for example is a trustless uh, protocol that uses timing and a ledger and it's mm. a very simple system so we can use that as well to keep them honest when they're giving us full information or not. And then if they're not giving us full information, then we slowly remove our participation and attention away from them and into different mm-hmm. systems that we can build. And so this is, this is how we do what's called checks and balances. Right. Yeah, we're not, gonna, we're not gonna get full disclosure, but we're definitely gonna get a lot more than we currently have. And by knowing those options and knowing the difference, we can be stronger as a species because they're gonna need to utilize us in order to win what they want um, from this, which is, of, of course, greater control and greater power. Right. We are the labor force, so to speak. Exactly. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Now, in regards to, to crypto, I know you mentioned Bitcoin, and, I, and in regards to that, I'm sure that's great and fine, but it's not a, a DeFi platform. Um, so speaking in regards to that, I, you know, the platform you know, be, uh, be utilized um, in that sense if it ever were to occur. So I'm just putting my two cents in to those who are listening. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there was a lot of back 
um, that that you're discussing here that people who are who are not who haven't been following the narratives that have been popping up so frequently lately um, in regards to um, the stealing of history that uh, the end uh, the robbing of the uh, technology and, and ancient artifacts um, uh, within these new lands. And that, that I believe goes back into the, the Tartarian narrative where we just find the same buildings everywhere we go. So the, the Greco Roman buildings, they, they're yes. everywhere. And every movie you've ever seen, they do an homage to one of their, they're ancient buildings. You always see mm-hmm. a domed building with the columns and literally every movie. It's just, it's, it's, it's everywhere. So that's what you're referring to. Now, Tartaria, that was a uh, regional area in like Russia, like mm. in that part. So what you're talking about is the, what we would consider to be in quotes, a global civilization that literally spanned everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the underlying uh, formula about our ancient past is to understand what happened to to those people because those are our ancestors and and then you come to the point to where you realize this is they disappeared relatively you know soon not too far back in our time like in the 1850s maybe even maybe even before then like you know 1800s so Probably, when we look yeah. back we yeah there's there's some anomalies there and and the question is is what happened to everybody well, I know there's a, a lot, a lot of great people out there sharing information. Like John Levi, he's been, he's been posting his uh, videos in regards to, uh, to what happened. I know he's probably gone past the whole mud flood scenario, yeah. uh, but you know he describes melted buildings and um, you know cataclysm and um, just basically an entire civilization just wiped out um, due to some mass destruction. Um, but yet we find evidence of this everywhere, everywhere that we go. Like, for instance, you mentioned in every movie, the first one that pops up in my head is the uh, Ghostbusters movie. Their entire scene was in the New York Library, which is one massive Greco-Roman building. And they showcase that throughout the entire film. And if you look, if you look into it, it's everywhere. But you'll find the exact same building in Amsterdam or in Armenia or in Turkey mm-hmm. or... Um, and soon we'll discover in Antarctica. <laughs> exactly. Now, what happens to our narrative when we discover buildings like that in Antarctica? Uh, it, it spits in the face of that narrative. <laughs> it does. And then we see aqueducts in South America, and we're like, wait a minute, how is this, like, where did all this stuff come from? Mm. And, and then you look at old pictures of Hong Kong, and you, you just you realize those aren't Chinese buildings. Those are those are uh, the same buildings that we see in Europe and in you know in Washington D.C. Do you have a theory of what? Not to not to go off topic here, but do you have a theory of of what civilization built those uh, those temples and buildings and yes. ancient technology? Yes, I do. Of course, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory. And what's what's I think is the most valuable to understand what that theory would be is that you look at the sculptures and the paintings and how these people were always in activity. They're always doing something in every mm. one of these. You know, they're they're never sitting down. You're blanking out again. Oh, you blank. <laughs> 
You said something yep. important. I did. Okay. <laughs> but we'll get off that topic. Okay. Well, I just wanted to mention something that popped in my head. I went to a um, to the Jocelyn Art Museum um, here in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, a lot of the paintings, especially during that time. W- they were considered original paintings, but if you look at them closely, there's no bumps where any paint was. They look like a photograph. Ooh. And so the first thing that popped in my head is, wow, they, they must have had some serious technology when it comes to, to capturing moments. So you also find evidence of laser-cut precision on, mm. on uh, stone blocks and you know we see stuff like that as well and we don't we can't explain this type of technology we see medical instruments that were found in deep digs that actually glow under a black light that have they're made of some type of metal that are just one piece but yet they look like surgical instruments so there, yeah. there's all this different you know anomalies that we find throughout history you know that i think are worthy of um you know of show all to themselves if you will and michael tellinger with his singing rocks mm. And uh, yeah. I know that there's been experiments done in regards to uh, um, to uh, frequency vibrations actually melting stone. Wait until we get into uh, mining operations that can use frequency to pull out certain types of metals that have, have frequency bands. So you can actually, it, it'll be uh, less damaging to the surrounding bedrock and things. So you're not blowing up half, you know, half of a mountain to pull out the ore you can actually use frequency so that way it's easier on the environment these will all be technologies that we'll be focused on creating because of the way the the credit system is going to be be functioning then you know high high speed low drag you want it to be super efficient (laughs) sounds like a racing formula (laughs) yeah exactly um so for the who are listening here and if you're not familiar with any of these topics i'd I really encourage you to do some research on it. And I think uh, one person that we did mention was, was John Levi. Uh, his channel does some fantastic work. And what I love most about him is that he is very non-opinionated when it comes to his conclusions. He allows people to discover things on his own. And he presents the evidence and he... conclusions. Um, so if you don't like, you know, some fanatic going on saying yes this is what it is this is what it is john levi is definitely the person to to listen to and and he presents it in such a a very low-key and down-to-earth fashion um so just wanted to give a shout out to him because he was a great influencer of ours so every podcast that we do we want to highlight at least one mentor if you will one person who we feel is uh worthy of looking into and Mm. so we uh, we did a lot of work with John, you know, John Teeter, there's lots of other Johns that we talk about. A lot of Johns. A lot of Johns. And this is important (laughs) that we do this. So um, we figured it would, you know, as a, as an important part of keeping that John going is Mm -hmm. John Levi is our first. And plus we want to start with the past first, like we did with the experiments, with the Trinity experiment being the the element of error, the mind, and in time it's the past. So it's important that we use John Levi as our anchor for the past so that we can go into the mind, just how we use John Teeter as our anchor for the future. Yes, for sure. And, and I'm sure other people who will be, um, hopefully more and more people will pick up on this podcast and, and they're not aware of, of your 
channel, Damien, and all the experiments that you've done within the last, you know, four or five years. Um, if you'd just like to touch on that um, briefly and, and just kind of share with everybody tuning in what it is that, uh, what it is that you do. So I wanted to find out if these things were real, if, if time travel were even a possibility, because I'm a trained remote viewer. And with that training came this ability to be able to experience and have a perspective on something uh, throughout time. So time did not really play a role other than utilizing it to locate something um, when the event happened. So it's a, it's a filing system in this time. So what we did is we ran a, a series of experiments that were based off the different elements themselves. So we did the element of air, the first one, which was the Trinity experiment. What we discovered out of that was wealth. Then what we did is we did the uh, Lash Factor experiment. That was the second one. And that was the element of water, which is the gut instead of the mind. The gut is connected to your future. So um, what we discovered out of that was health. Then what we did is we did the next experiment was the element of fire, which is the heart. And in time, it's the ever-present now, the moment, which is the singularity of the sum total agreement, past, present, and future in the now. So everything in the future happens is happening now. Everything in the past is happening now. That's, this is the singularity moment. That's at the heart. And we call that the echo experiment, element of fire. And then what we did is we did the private experiment, which is the body. Now, we didn't talk publicly too much on the, on the private experiment because that is actually where you find your own style, your own form, your substance, what matters to you. It's um, how you uh, utilize your tantra and also how you utilize your mantra. So because of that, there's a, there's will, desire, passion, these kind of things come into play. And this could also leave your vulnerable because it's at the heart, right? This is the heart of the matter. So it's really taking control over that, that we did that through the echo experiment, or excuse me, the, the private experiment is uh, the body, um, the element of earth. Then we had a few other experiments after that. Uh, serendipity was one in particular that was important. That was the sixth experiment. And then we did... Um, a seventh experiment was about rest and uh, dreaming and, you know, those, those type of and sleep and healing. Those were important aspects. But the one that I skipped over was the fifth experiment. And the reason why I skipped over that is because that was the world's first time travel game. And we did that one on 8-8 of 2019. And we, we spent a lot of time communicating to people about the great pause. Don't mm. forget about the great pause, the in-between. And this was we did this in August because we knew that the next year would have been the game would be playing out, which would change society in a dramatic way. We called it the great pause, but society called it the great reset. Mm. We, did, we did mention that, though, in, I think, September we, we called it the great reset. It was on a, I was on a radio show and I called it. So people were going to call it this, that, and that, and they said the great reset and they used those words, but I like to consider it the great pause because in the future, yeah. it'll be more. Can, it, that's exactly right. Thank you. That's a perfect way to say it. So, and that ended on Valentine's day of 2021. So now we're in this new cycle, or if you listen to our leaders, the new world order. Right. It's- and so the big question is from that, and what I what I mentioned to people that I speak to my neighbor yesterday was, uh, if this is the new world order, what was the old world order? And that's mm. uh, those are the things that we were discussing before. Um, 
So I have to, uh, personally, I think uh, experiment number six was my favorite, by the way, David. Oh, I, I'd have to say it was, yeah, that was definitely the most enjoyable. <laughs> so now with each experiment, you're asked a question. And, and essentially how Damon has explained it to me in the past is that um, these experiments are based on the fact that none of us can do this alone. Mm. You know, unlike a, 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 let's see, I know cats are solitary creatures. There's many different solitary creatures here on earth that, that will survive and thrive just fine on their own, but we are not one of them. And in order to be our best self, we must incorporate other people into it. And that's what these experiments are about, is about asking a question and putting it out to the, to the world, to universe, if you want, and, and see what answer comes back to us um, through those channels. And, and that's what we're all about here, is incorporating and bringing in other people in order to sh- and to be involved uh, with, with our projects here, with our experiments, with our... Uh, and we have numerous of them. We're constantly <laughs> coming up with new ideas and new, new ways to do things like this podcast. You know, we're also involved, involved in, in a game. Um, we're so many different things that, that people are more than welcome to come and contribute to. And, and if you don't feel um, like uh, contributing your own time, uh, you know, we also accept donations as well to help further our, our goals. And what is our goal, Damien? Our goal is to discover harmony, to do things in time that is good in the past, kind in the present, and happy in the future. So that way we can actually build something together that we can all be proud of and where we, we live in a world of our creation, our aim, and our purpose. So that way we can, you know, ex- you know like, like we did these experiments, because we don't have the answers. We are simply, we're asking the universe, if you will, to deliver us because no one's asked the question before. So we're, we're trying to ask the question. So that gives universe the opportunity to respond. So that way we can have a relationship with, with not only our environment, but the people we care about. And so another aspect that we're looking for is we're looking for not necessarily people of like mind, but people who, who can contribute to the, the greater good. And that's essentially what it's all about is the greater good. Not, and, and, in, and in the process of finding the greater good, you find your greater self. That's the reward, right? That's what we get Absolutely. in return. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you get what you put out. Uh, that be by sharing, caring, teaching, learning i mean all of these things are uh, are are a, a balanced way of finding your limits and then breaking seeing <laughs> what you're capable of and and just becoming the better person every every day and that's that's what it's all about how can you how can you become that better person every day how can you know yourself how can you love yourself and what's the third one damien (laughs) it takes hard work yes you know i mean you can okay so let's look at it from a yin and yang perspective because you you kind of brought that up earlier yeah so with the yin and the yang 
the line that separates them is the Tao. So that's the balance. But that Tao has a counterpart too, which is called um, the Zen. So with a Zen, you go to the mountain. But with a Tao, the mountain comes to you. So it's kind of understand it in that, that frame of reference where there is duality, yes, to our systems, right? The zero and the one in computers. We built our whole internet off of this concept of, of the duality. But mm-hmm. now what you need to do is you have the black and the white. Now it's time to add the color. Yes. And, and by adding that color, now you're incorporating you know, your relationship, your chakra, your location, your perspective, your experience. You're adding your uniqueness to the entire model of the universe. And by having that organizational structure of the color into the, the foundational principles of the Tao, or if you're a Mason, it's the black and white checkerboard, right? <laughs> so you get, so it's, it's the same, it's the same teachings and coming into harmony with those teachings, you can create a symphony of everybody's own um own filter on how they they work with the universe because like you said some people are think we're on a spinning ball in space some people think we're on a flat plane some people mm-hmm. think we're in a toy roidal model some mm-hmm. people think we're in a fishbowl some people think we're in the inner earth right there's all these different models of universe so what back what of our role back up exactly exactly so our our role is 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 to understand how those filters work in everybody's life so we can communicate with them in a way that they can understand because what we get out of it is they get to communicate with us. They share their ideas with us. Mm. And now we both have gained something. So selfishly, we get something out of it as well. We get to learn, we get to grow. And, and, and then, and the same token, we get to provide growth and understanding to them. So that way, you know, there's a symbiotic relationship there. And this is the foundational principles of elemental hypertech is to build this harmony because in, in whatever you do, you can fine tune your skills and your talents like an instrument mm-hmm. or for, if you're a villain, because we have the villains training program as well, yes, we do. You, you know, you can, you can utilize it as a weapon as well. And hopefully who join that program are very rare and few and far between, but we do in the, in that sense, we do enjoy competition and that's, that's what helps us to grow. that is and competition doesn't mean that you get you beat somebody at at what they're doing at their game you don't beat them competition simply is that because you see how they are players in their game how they do it you can you can say oh i i like that idea i want to i want to try that myself i want to add that to it and now now you're elevating now we're elevating each other as we move forward in other words we're upgrading as we go along by making sure that we are accumulating the right characters of friends around us. And so like I always share uh, on the channel, I said, how you find your starting point in the game is you take the closest five people around you, your closest five friends and see how they do things, how they act, how they respond, what kind of person they are. And you will be the average of those five people. And so now you know where you can begin. So if you like what you see, then, you know, now you're in a place of health and wealth. Mm. If you do not like what you see, then you have an opportunity to generate 
more health and more wealth. And then those you lift up around you, those five people who, who come with you, they will become better as well. And those who can't make it, you have to let them go. You let them find their own way because we're all we're all doing our own missions, if you will. And again, I always joke around and say some of us are here just to sit on the beach and drink pina coladas their their entire <laughs> life. Some are designed to sit in front of the TV all day with a remote control, but other people are here for a mission. And yes. so what Elemental Hypertech does is looking for those unique individuals who know that they're on a mission. They may not necessarily know what that mission is. And so mm. what we do is we teach you how to discover that because once you find out what your mission is, then it's up to you to get out there and go, you know, make that it. happen. Exactly. Go and do just, it. And, and Just like Saturn. And, do it. <laughs> exactly. And I'd like to end on this. J-Style, mm -hmm. let's, let's, this is a great, I think we should end on this part right here. Sure. You mentioned the serendipity experiment was your favorite. Yes. You mentioned that getting out there and doing it is what makes the difference because action is everything. And yes. if you don't, if you don't act, you're not a player. And if you're not a player, you're a spectator and you're an observer and get out of the way. Absolutely. Because there's people who are playing the game. And those people also, once you get done playing the game, you know that games come to an end and then you're beyond the game. Mm. And that's what I want to do. I want to get people beyond the game. Because those are the people that I surround myself with. Right. Not so, cookie cutters. Not products exactly. of the system. Not controlled. Not dominated by some external force. We want originals. Originals. We want directors. real people. Exactly. Creators, directors, producers of their own life. But in, but in a way that is built with love and with life. I know you sound like airy-fairy concepts, but they are, there's real <laughs> concrete truth to what I'm what I'm saying here. So so to end on this, to end on, on your serendipity and what's happened to you recently, because mm -hmm. it shows action, is that yes. you are somebody who went to a rally here recently. I did. I would I would love for you to end on what you've experienced at this rally, especially <laughs> the point on the people who were speaking and how it relates to a Facebook group that you had. Yes. Um, I started a Facebook group called the Nebraska's for Freedom Coalition. Um, a year ago and with the in intention of gathering people together in order to share their views and their share their dis disdain for government oversight and overreach um, people who are, are enforcing mass mandates enforcing jab mandates these people who are trying to control um, how we live how we take care of our and especially how we receive medical care and interpret our own uh, our own body's uh, natural defense systems. And through that, I've gathered probably about 200 people within this group. It's it's small, but um, the people that are in here are all very valuable. They all share ideas. They all contribute. And these people, they spend their time researching connecting with other people, networking and, and getting rallies together and demonstrations and protests. I'm not a big fan of protests, but just the gathering of energy and people together is, is enough to send a message. And these people gathered together in Omaha um, over the weekend, over Memorial day um, in order to, uh, to rally against um, vaccinations and um, among these people was a speaker. His name was Matthew. And he mentioned that he was starting a group 
without knowledge of my own, called the Nebraskans for Freedom Coalition. And something inside me just, that was uh, one of those eureka moments. And that's what we talk about in regards to serendipity. And it was just the day before that I was speaking with Damien about resurrecting that and trying to do something larger with it. And he had taken this, this idea, profit group, started a PAC group to, to lobby for, uh, for sympathetic uh, uh, leaders uh, within the, the local government to our cause. And this is what we describe to as, as serendipity is by acting, is by getting out there, making yourself vulnerable, making yourself known, putting yourself into situations that you would otherwise be uncomfortable with, and pushing yourself. And in return, you get the, the messages and you get the, the results that you desire if you are on the right track. And obviously, through that, that monumental moment of this person said something that was universe came down and said this is what you need to be focusing on if you are aware enough and if you pay attention enough to to what's happening around you you will catch those little little moments and they will get stronger and stronger the more that you're on the right path so thank you damon for allowing me to share that thanks jay style i think we should end there i really appreciate you uh taking the time and discussing this, let's uh, let's keep doing this. People yes. who are interested, please Absolutely. join us. Yeah. Yes. Get get involved. We want to, you know, we want to build something here. So with your help, we can do that. So I appreciate each and every one of you who's listened, and thank you yes. for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Damien. And, and if you want to know more, uh, go to Damien Questions channel on on YouTube. We're also on Patreon. Uh, we are on BitTube. We're on we're on Odyssey. Um, we're, we're, we're doing this people and, and it's, and it's going to be epic. <laughs> all right. Love, love you all. Love you, Damien. Have a, have a great rest of your day. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.